first of all, forgiveness is key. Um, but secondly, mm. that also forgiving ourselves and looking at it for what it is that that yeah. those times in our lives, the lowest of lows, the times when we get hurt or feel, you know, betrayed or whatever else it is, it can also be the most beautiful time to take that as an opportunity for your own growth. How can you, how can you learn from that experience and what can you take away from that? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to season three with Thrive with Sharon podcast. I am your host, Sharon Land, and I can't believe we're on season three. This is so exciting and well over a year underway. Um, and we've just been attracting such incredible guests to come and talk on this podcast and join our community. And the beautiful thing is that everybody who's come to actually be a guest on the podcast has really become part of the community. It's it's really, really nice. And it just continues to expand and our reach is expanding. And it's because of listeners like you and our, our people who like what we have to say and engage and comment and share. And part of my mission is to really bring many, many different ways that we can be well in front of you so you can pick and choose how it is that you want to show up in this world and be well. So... I have today Jamie McFadden, who I've just fallen in love with in so many different ways. Um, this is, I was on Jamie's podcast, I don't know, about two months ago or so, and we just became fast friends. Um, we have so much in common. Uh, but the thing that I really, that attracted me about Jamie is her passion for um, self-care and the fact that she had just published a book. So real quickly, I want to just do a quick little introduction of Jamie and then uh, toss the mic on over to her so she can start sharing some of her wisdom. So um, Jamie is a self-care specialist, and she's also the best-selling author of self Waves of Self-Care, It Takes a Village, and it's an absolute great book. I was so excited to receive it, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And on the, picture, on the cover, there's a picture of her in the ocean in California, I'm guessing, and her beautiful daughter with her. And there's such a kindred thing to me with regard to that. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and she's also a podcast host of Self-Care Secrets and is on a mission to support busy moms on their journey towards better self-care. And after years of people pleasing and battling insomnia, depression, and many other things, Jamie turned to fitness. She dove deep into the waters of health and well-being and discovered a major need for simple self-care solutions for busy moms in the world. And that's a key thing too, because everything gets to actually become global. We live in a global lens. And I think that's so important to speak into. And she also has worked alongside Jillian Michaels for the past 10 years. And Jillian Michaels is from the hit TV show, The Biggest Loser, and is currently working on creating a community of self-care experts to be the change that we wish to see in the world. So Jamie, welcome to the show. Welcome Thank to this you. conversation. Thank you very much. Wow. What a powerful introduction. It is no surprise that we can thrive here with Sharon. <laughs> Soul sisters. I love it. Oh man. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I so appreciate the fact that you have taken this on the self-care um, subject and making it so actionable. 
I'm, I'm curious what brought you into bringing that to the forefront of all thank of you. the other great things that you offer to the world. Well, thank you so much. So self-care, first of all, gets misinterpreted every day of, mm-hmm. of life. I see it and I hear it all the time. Self-care is literally taking action to preserve or enhance someone's well-being. So that is much deeper than what we see on the surface. And so many of us are taught and conditioned to believe that self-care is just the bubble bath, the getting our nails done, the me time, which don't get me wrong on a surface level. I love all that stuff. Just like the next. However, you could have the shredded abs. You could have your nails done. You could have your hair done. You could drive a fancy car, but you could still feel like crap and you could still be really unwell inside. And so to me, mm-hmm. I got into this specific realm and really dove into self-care because I was working in a place where I was working around the highest paid celebrities. I was working around people who had it all. Um, and I noticed in that setting, it took me years to get to that place. And in that setting, I I just remember Sharon thinking, how are they not happy? Why are they still taking all these medications? Why is, and I, and I thought to myself, something's not clicking here and we need to kind of call the bluff on it. And I'm totally fine to be that person because rewind back to when I was a child to my earliest memories, I grew up in a family full of love, um, but also full of codependency. My dad was an addict. Um, we had, you know, behind closed doors, there was a lot of stuff going on that we had to hide from the world. And so there wasn't really self-care, right? Like no one was actually leading by example in my house. And so through the years of my own depression, anxiety, insomnia, all the things to, you know, I was in a hospital when I was 12 years old, um, Mm -hmm. for unfortunately taking a bottle of pills that I just felt like I couldn't be here any longer. And I don't say that lightly at all. That was the scariest moment of my life. And I only in just recent years, I felt comfortable even talking about it. And Mm -hmm. I also know that it is really important sometimes for those that look at me now, right. They think, Oh, she's probably always had it easier. She's always loved fitness. No, I couldn't stand fitness. I did not like eating well. (laughs) And I was, I was not raised to be a hardworking woman. I was raised to be, you know, pretty and nice, be a good girl, get married young, you know, marry a Greek man and have a bunch of babies. I did everything all backwards according to my family's standards Mm. and I love them. And at the same time, they've come to me now saying, you really have taught us something that we never realized, even my 91 year old grandmother who says to me, Jamie, you've made me realize so many things about taking good care of myself, you know? And so I look at it this way, Wow, self-care, self-care, it is powerful. Cause I'm like, for anyone listening, I would hope that that little voice that we hear that whisper, like, I remember as a little girl thinking like, why doesn't my mom stand up for herself? Or why are we lying about my dad's addiction? Or you know, why, why, why do I have to be nice, but my brother can be kind of a dickhead. Like what Mm. is all this? Right. And, and, and I just remember thinking like, there's something wrong here. I don't know what it is, but I was not afraid to speak out. And so now I've gotten to a place where I've done enough, uh, research and and worked and it's a lifelong journey. Like I'm, I'm this far onto the journey, but I'm also not afraid to speak up. So that's what led me here. Oh my gosh, that is so incredible. And just so many talking points, even from what you shared, right? So um, 
the thing that hit me though, it just, it, one of the things that you said just took me back to a time when I was a professional trainer and I was a professional equestrian. Mm. And so I was in charge of horses and kids. And so you had, everything was heightened. Everything was magnified. Right. And so, um, and then of course, you know, we have the social thing going on. And so the kids are there and there's the favorite horses and there's the parents who want the kids to have the favorite horses. And everybody is like coming at me. I walk through and like a flock of people all just kind of come towards me like, <laughs> right. And there was this really cute young girl and her essence kind of reminds me a little bit of you. And maybe that's why I'm thinking of it now, but she she just was always very quiet and she always at that time. Right. Mm -hmm. And her mom was great. And she, she would just kind of sit back and like, let her daughter do her thing. Um, and I remember something had happened, you know, typical, whatever. And afterwards the young girl came up to me and she said, you know, I really, I, I was really feeling uncomfortable about this, but I was afraid to say it. Mm. And I said to her, even if the voice is teeny tiny inside of you, I want you to be able to say it. And even if it's not loud, I want you to be able to speak it mm -hmm. in front of who you need to speak it to. Wow. And she was like looking at me with like her big eyes. And she was like, right. <laughs> so flash forward to like a week later, her mom and I crossed paths, you know, at the facility. And um, she said, you know, I have been looking for you. She said, because my daughter mentioned to me what you said. And she said, I thought that that was the most beautiful and prophetic and poetic thing to ever say to a young developing girl in this kind of environment. And she said, you don't realize how important it is for girls, especially to find their voice. So for you now to talk about your timeline of like, people pleaser, that means you don't have your own voice, right? Mm -hmm. um, empath, that means you don't have your own voice. Mm -hmm. um, living and keeping secrets of the family, that means you can't really show up and be authentic, right? Right. So the work that you've had to do to get to the point now where you're okay to speak what is inside, whether or not mm -hmm. it even makes sense to you, right? <laughs> is so, and I'm not saying it doesn't make sense to you, but no, I'm just no. saying like, yeah. it doesn't yeah. always make sense. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't always make sense, right? Especially if we look at like where everything is all plugged in, right? Uh -huh. in lives. So that must have taken so much, so much um, presence and effort and work on your part. Soul work. Definitely. Right? I would say soul work, 100% deep and still to this day, deep soul work. I just feel like when, what, so when I, when I woke up in a hospital, when I was, I was either 11 or 12, it's funny. Cause I can't quite remember at which age, but when I woke up that morning in the hospital mm. and I, I remember in that very moment feeling like I will never be in this kind of place again, because I will do any and everything in my power to make sure that I take care of myself. And that was like the mm. first start of it. Right. And so it was little by little where, you know, maybe I started eating a little bit healthier, but I was still eating ice cream and whatever, you know, I would still, maybe I started walking for a little bit of exercise. Um, but then life would happen in waves. And that's where I got my whole book title from, because 
I would get myself like by the time I was 15, I was Miss Junior California. I was thriving. I was, you know, volunteering and working with young children. Um, I was working at a convalescent home on this. I was doing these things that <laughs> felt so good. It was feeding my mm -hmm. soul. I had a voice I was sharing, I, I was giving, and it felt really great. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 18, my dad unexpectedly had a stroke and died. And he wow. was my, he was my, at that time, he was the one person in my life that really kind of supported, motivated, and kind of pushed me actually to have my voice that no matter what anyone else said, he was the one person that would say, if you have this crazy wild dream, go do it. If, if something's not right, say it, you know, he was that person for me. And mm -hmm. so when he died, it was like a part of me died. And then, mm -hmm. and then I kind of like, I almost went back down, but then mm -hmm. I remember it was like, it was like, I only went back down just a little bit you know? And yeah. then I was able to say like, my threshold had changed. It wasn't like falling all the way to the pit of despair because mm -hmm. at this point, then I had learned the true value of this time here on earth. Like I, I felt deeply that I have a mission. I have a purpose. I have a, there is a reason for me to be here. And so there, there wasn't a way to go back down. And so with that, it was a constant learning of how to evolve and grow, but how to also lead without being pushy or how to guide someone or coach someone while I'm still learning with them and, and building okay this community. With that. Yeah. And being okay with that because that's, you know, in, in, in my schema of work. So I coach, I mentor, and I also mm -hmm. guide, you know, like lots of deep, deep transmutational work. Right. And there are people who really feel like well, I have to be perfect or I have to be far ahead of wherever it is, you know, that yeah. I, whatever the, the, the benchmark is in their head, right. um, right. in order for me to be able to help somebody else. Right. And so I can only imagine, or let me just ask you, what was the head talk for you when you started to work with people? Right. I always thought you were like, very, it was on? very, yeah, it was really interesting. So I started, <laughs> okay. So I was, I think I was 21 ish and I, put myself through an intense, uh, physical exercise kind of routine to get myself to do one of those fitness contests, which is actually where I met Samantha joy. We were backstage oh wearing basically dental floss with the crazy spray tan <laughs> yeah. about to go on stage. And, and so that was for me, I put myself through that to see if I could do it. It had nothing yeah. to do at that point with me training anyone else. And then the craziest thing about the whole thing, I didn't win. I, whatever else. I got so many phone calls afterwards from people that reached out saying, I want, I want to hire you. I want to hire you. And I was like, yeah. oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well now I got to get my personal training certification and then I'm going to get my, you know, corrective exercise. And then I just, then yeah. I got on a roll. And so for me, it was, I had a dialogue where I was nervous because I was young, right? I was like, okay, right. if I'm 21, like, how can I really guide someone else if I haven't lived it or if I haven't experienced that. But then if I were to just close my eyes for a moment and breathe, I personally don't believe that this is the first time I, my soul has existed. So <laughs> as crazy as that may <laughs> yes. sound, no, like, it doesn't to me. I'm like, my soul may be thousands of years old. And so it isn't about, to me, I look at it this way my message in life is learning to have two things, one kindness and the other one is discipline. And I really believe that for anyone listening right now, if you can cultivate 
a massive amount of kindness for yourself internally. Cause I think we're all really hard on ourselves and put ourselves down and, you know, shame and shit all over ourselves all the time. And if we could have the kindness to look at that from a different perspective, a different lens as a best friend, like you and I talking, and we could look at each other and go, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Or, oh my gosh, you're so this. And at the end of the day, if I don't feel that way about me or vice versa, it doesn't really matter. Right. So the kindness is key because then when we're kind to ourselves, we're kind to others. And then the yeah. other part of it is discipline. I don't believe that self-care is something that we can just go buy at the store. Or, yeah. you know, I had a friend that recently said, well, I get my, she's like, I do all the self-care stuff. She goes, I get my hair done, you know, every six weeks and I get my nails done every two weeks and I get uh, her facial or something. And I said, girl, I love that you do that. I'm also going to ask you, how does that actually make you feel deep down? Right. And secondly, and not this is, there's no judgment. You could say, this is all you need and this is it. And that's great. Um, but when was the last time that you cared for yourself in a way that just wasn't on the surface? And she sat with that for a little while and she called me back and said, all right, I guess I need to hire you. And I said, no, it's not about hiring <laughs> me. It's just about digging a little bit deeper. I really believe that if we all just took some time to dig a little bit deeper, we would understand where we're lacking the discipline, where we're lacking the kindness so that we can start to implement more of it. And it's a practice. It's just like yeah. training your muscles. It's like anything that you do, a skill you have to learn. It's not that it's all of a sudden just going to happen because you paid the money for it. You still have to earn it. Yeah. And, and I also think speaking into that, I, I love what you said, but I also think speaking into that, um, many of us, part of our coming into selfhood, which is part of self-care, right. Mm -hmm. Is to get rid of the transactional uh, mentality, right? 100%. So I want to feel better. So I'm going to go do this thing and mm. then it's going to make me feel better. It's going to fix this thing. Yes. Um, and so that's very transactional, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to invest this because I want something in return. So right. discipline though, says mm -hmm. I'm going to do this thing because I know at some point right. unidentifiable <laughs> right. time yeah. that there's a positive consequence to that. Right. Right. So yeah. discipline to me speaks into practice. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. like um we don't necessarily like yogis and yoginis, right? We don't say like um the um the discipline of yoga we say the right of yoga, right? right like right. or something like that and that's really because the practice is to be prepared for right and we don't know when that timing is going to be but we know that it's just there's this energetic thing piece mm -hmm. that goes with it too so i love the discipline piece so much i can't even tell you <laughs> because i i think that i do like, too it's i had no discipline i was the kid that I grew up with two parents that, like I said, love my mom and dad. They have been, they were my incredibly loving, wonderful human beings doing the best that they can. So this isn't me knocking them. Right. This is the reality that I grew up in a household where we just didn't have discipline. We, we mm. just didn't. And then I didn't have any self-regulation or self-discipline because I just didn't. And it didn't seem like something to do. And so right. when I look back now and I see the, the cycle of what happened. Like I got so depressed because I had these crazy wild dreams that now looking back, it was okay. I was tapped in and I was seeing things that maybe my family couldn't explain why I was seeing these things. And as a child, it was scary as heck to witness things that maybe were, were traumatizing. And then my family's like, what's wrong with you? What, why are you, what's going on? 
And the doctors are like, well, let's prescribe her this medication. Let's give her this. Right. And then I'm like walking around at 10 years old on these weird medications that not feeling like at all myself. So there was no discipline there. That was just here. Let's you have, um, an ailment, let's put a bandaid on it and let's right. see if that works, but we we're not really going to get to the root. So mm-hmm. when it comes to self-care, the biggest thing really is digging into yourself to ask, what is it that I need to feel well? Because I can't, I can't tell you that. And Sharon, I don't believe would say that she could tell you that. But if, if you actually take the time, even just for a couple of minutes and say, Hmm, what do I need to be well, to feel well, whether it's in my body, in my mind, if you just close your eyes and breathe on it, I have seen this now thousands of times, it comes to you, something comes to you, even if it's not what you want, even if it's not the shiny car or the pretty object, something will come up. Mm -hmm. And then if you can bring awareness to whatever it is that you're doing, and this is the system I teach, it's like, figure out what it means to be well, have the awareness to meet Mm -hmm. yourself where you are, and then create a vision, gather around your village you need to have support. I couldn't do what I do without people in my life. Like Sharon, it's not about the Jamie show. It's about how do we make this village? So we all can right. be the suppliers to help one another. And then the E is energy, because as we know it, energy is everything I'm transferring energy to Sharon and she's transferring it right back now. And we're transferring it to you. So hopefully you yeah. feel it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. So, so say those, the acronym again is so wave. Okay. So the waves, I believe in life, everything is a wave. I think we're all connected. And so that's where that premise comes from. I'm a super water girl. Blue is my favorite color. Anything that has to do with the ocean it's waves. So true. It's like, there's it's just my so jam. much blue. There's so much yeah. blue. It's like great. <laughs> so it's well being. So for anyone listening, literally take some time today, jot down. What does it mean to be well? And the second part is awareness. If I, and I remember this as looking at my, my own life and, and the people I've worked with, so many times we're doing things. We're not even aware. Like we don't know why we're in this relationship. We don't know why we're in this job. We don't know why we're doing this thing that we keep doing or eating the same foods that we don't really like or whatever it is. Um, because we're not even aware of it, right. We're not taking that time to reflect and learn from it. So that that's awareness. And then the V is vision. I believe in visualization. I believe in clarity. I believe in stepping back sometimes to move forward. So paint that picture, however you need to vision board it out, draw it out, whatever it is. Um, and then E is energy. Cause at the forefront, I believe that the, the moment we take action, our mood and our life can change. I love that wave wave. It's so good. And I hope everybody that's listening is really taking that down because it's so simple. So and simple. But the discipline piece is important, right? Because you have to actually do those self-inquiries. You have to take the time to do that. Um, mm-hmm. There's um, so many amazing ways that we can become more aware, right? Mm-hmm. So that awareness piece is huge. Yeah. Um, but if we don't cover it from a place of health, I love the fact that you bring that into it. So even as an intuitive and working with energy, I don't come from a place of let me look at for what what's wrong. I cover people with what's well. Right. And then what's out of alignment and out of coherence or in conflict automatically mm-hmm. shows. Absolutely. Right. So we take ourselves from being hypervigilant, which is not right. a healthy state of being to be in right. out of regulation with our nervous system to a state of wellness. Even if we're not in that place, 
we know where that place is and we'll get to know how that feels. So I, I mm-hmm. think it's really very beautiful and very powerful. Well, thank you. you. The, the one thing I do want to mention too, because this is the premise behind everything I'm doing is self-care has been taught to us as something we do by ourselves, for ourselves, by ourselves. Mm. It's all alone. It's, it's just for self. Mm. And through all of my research and all of my studies and all of my practice in this, the biggest lie or myth that I see we believe as a whole is that we're supposed to do this alone. And I actually believe the greatest way we can practice self-care is with a village together and through community. So kind of debunking that thought or idea. And so sometimes people say to me, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a busy mom and I need this time to myself, or I'm a busy dad or however it may be. And the reality is we need that support from the people in our lives to be able to put these practices into our reality. And especially if you're someone like the minute you start practicing self-care and I see this day in and day out, your friends may change, your work may change, your body will probably change. Like things will shift. And for a lot of people in your life, that could be really freaking scary because people like comfort and we like what's comfortable. And so for those that are ready to start a different self-care practice or self-care journey, and always the beginning of the year, that's a time when people are like, ready to go, let's do this. I'm ready for all these things. I I would encourage anyone listening to this to really think about what it means to you to preserve your wellness. You Mm. know where you're at right now. What does it mean to you? Because sometimes for me, it's about like my finances, you know, and other Mm -hmm. times it's like, no, I want to put more focus on my relationships. Other times it's all right, you know, I've had a fun during the holidays. Now it's time to kick my butt. So what does Mm self-care really mean to you? And how, how are you finding your community to help you co-regulate? Because I think as much as I'm a good self-regulator these days, I have great discipline. I would probably get bored just doing it by myself. So I like having a community, right. And then we keep each other accountable and it makes it fun. Yeah, it does make it fun. I think that having community is what it's all about. And I think that this year, um, from a spiritual perspective was really all about us taking that shift from, I have to do all this on my own to mm-hmm. we do better together. Yeah, we do. We do better together. And it doesn't mean that everybody who shows up in the community needs to be perfect. hundred <laughs> percent. I don't, I, I don't believe that any of us are. So exactly. like, me, I'm like, yeah, you, we just got to show up. You just show up and do right. the best you can with what you've got. Yeah. And because I think that that's what limits a lot of people from actually joining communities because they think that either they need to be perfect or the people in it need to be perfect. So they start becoming like super picky about, you know, well, that person isn't going to make me feel good or that person's going to make me feel good or whatever. And it's not about that right. when it comes to community. It really comes, it, it, it's just another way to learn more about yourself. 100. Okay. I mean, let's, if we're going to go there. We're talking about mirrors. <laughs> Certain people come into your life to show you that give you the greatest gift of a mirror of maybe something you're not identifying within yourself, um, yes. your own fears, your own anxieties and all that stuff. So some of the most painful relationships I've ever had, some of the most painful times in my life, I can, can honestly look back on all those times, right. This very moment and say, first of all, forgiveness is key. Um, but secondly, mm. that also forgiving ourselves and looking at it for what it is that, that those times in our lives, the lowest of lows, the times when we get hurt or feel, you know, betrayed or whatever else it is, it can also be the most beautiful time 
to take that as an opportunity for your own growth. How can you, how can you learn from that experience and what can you take away from that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you keep coming back to the regulation and co-regulation. I think that that's also so, so important as well, right? Because right. that's what creates that level of um, safety that I think that many mm -hmm. of us have missed in our lives, right? Didn't have it. hundred percent. Um, so that's also really important to, to highlight as well. I, I also love, uh, you know, um, since you had me on your podcast and I absolutely loved the interview, it was so I wonderful. You are, you are like of everybody, and I've been on a lot of podcasts, right? You were top three. Oh, are you serious? Thank serious. You. I am <laughs> not just saying that. Cause you haven't heard me say that on, a, on another podcast interviews that I've just like, <laughs> you are really, really, really good. So I hope first of all, that people, um, listen in to your podcast because you're just incredible. Um, you, you're a great conversationalist and a great interviewer. Um, but I also love the fact that you're, you're really honing in and you're focusing in on parents. It is my reality these days. So to me, I think, <laughs> you know, if I'm, cause I think about, I'm like, wow, I, I feel like I'm a pretty patient person. And I, I, I'm very good at looking at the glass half full. And then it is like, I'm not a yeller or anything like that. And then becoming a mother, there are so many things about motherhood that, and it's my favorite part of, of my journey thus far. And mm. there are so many parts of motherhood that are so challenging. And I, I felt very isolated at certain points. So I thought to myself, I, I don't know why more people aren't talking about this because mm -hmm. I, I do believe as parents, all parents, I believe want to lead by example and, mm -hmm. and be the best version of themselves to show up for their kids and to be healthy and be well. I always see a big trend in mom, like new moms want to, okay, I'm going to get fit now. I'm going to be healthy yeah. now, which is great. Yep. At the same time, I want to, I believe that there's ways that we can have more and more resources for the busy parents of the world, because I, I do feel like there is this isolating bubble that we get put in, especially when our kids are young, at least that I know of, cause that's my life. Um, and so I'm, I like speaking out on that. And one thing I want to say that you had brought up with self-regulation and I just recently took, and I have to say it cause it's so just at the forefront of my mind now in terms of safety and feeling safe within our own body and feeling safe in our own world is our breath. I just finished an intensive somatic breathwork training and now I, I, I'm going to take another one. And I'm like, now I'm obsessed because to me, yeah. as someone who has a child that didn't feel safe to have a voice who, you know, had all of these different chaotic elements going on and did everything I could to try and self-regulate now, fast forward all these years later and doing some somatic breath work, meaning getting in touch with my own body on a much deeper level where I've held traumas from things have come up for me that I'm like, I didn't even remember that that happened. Okay. Yep. Well, here we go. Yep. Something else to process. Yeah. <laughs> but I think if we could remember that a lot of the things about self-care, we tend to overcomplicate. If we're really wanting to take care of ourselves, we need to check in. We need to ask ourselves, what is it that I need? We need to listen to ourselves. We need to forgive ourselves for whatever crap we're putting ourselves through and start to seek out our village and truly something as simple as your breath, moving your body, drinking the extra glass of water, um, mm -hmm. getting out some sunlight, actually doing something that you enjoy doing it just because you enjoy doing it. Even if it's yeah. not something that someone else in your family likes or whatever it is, but making time because 
I just was sitting in the hospital with a dear friend of mine the other day who unfortunately is on her deathbed. And this, I was not expecting this. I'm, we're both in our thirties and it's very shocking. However, she looked at me and said, and I feel like I have to say this because I think we all, myself included, could use this reminder at these times. We get so busy. We get so wrapped up in all these different things in our life. And I was looking at her in her eyes and she said to me, I, I just wanted this time with you. You're someone I've known for 20 plus years. I wanted some time with you. And I'm so glad that you showed up because right now, as I'm sitting here on my deathbed, all I care about is the time that I have left to share it with people that I love. And we sometimes, I think myself included, like I said, we forget that. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. for you today to think about how can you better take care of yourself? Because the better we take care of ourselves, the more we can show up for everyone else. Oh, that's like you said, it's simple, but it's also one of the hardest things that sometimes we can do, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's such a barrier and a block to us really taking that time for ourselves. And when you said it earlier, I immediately thought the disease of busyness, mm -hmm. right? We become busy because we, th we think we thrive on distractions. Mm-hmm. And, um, I am the child of the queen of busyness. Same. Right. Another, another similarity yes. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. My mom, my mom is Shocking, the busiest Jamie. woman I've ever known. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I'm not going to air my mother's dirty laundry out here, but you know, there are moments where, um, I mean, I, as a child, know that that's part of part of um, the thing that I rail against because I don't want to be that. Right. But I also, it's so funny. It's like you you think, okay, I'm going to build a life where I'm going to have choices and I'm not going to be busy and I'm going to regulate myself and I'm going to do all of the things and da 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 da. Right. Meanwhile, sometimes I get really busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same. And I laugh too. I'm like, all right, I am her daughter. Yes. Like, and sometimes it just happens, but that's also why. So I believe in a daily quick check-in for anyone that's listening, like just a quick check-in in the morning or in the evening or whenever it works for you, take five minutes and literally think about, you know, how am I feeling today? What's my priority today? Am I living true to what I believe in? Is there something I can take off my plate so that I could maybe have five minutes or, whatever it is. And, and when it comes to self-care, we all need it to not just thrive, but to literally survive. So if mm -hmm. we can look at it more of a lens that it's not a luxury item, it's not yeah. something that's out of sight or something that, that you're not uh, worth. It's literally preserving your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, and financial body on this earth so that you can literally thrive. So we're here thriving right. with Sharon. And quite frankly, if we could change the dialogue in our brain of this is not selfish, this is not yes. um, taking away from others. You take away, we take away more from others when we aren't taking care of ourselves. Like I remember seeing my dad really sick, like ha you know, it's like, there are so many instances in life where I see mm. the ones that aren't practicing self-care as much as they may want to, they, they are 
usually the energy vampires of the room because they're really not. So think of that in it's a lifelong journey. It is a non-negotiable, like make it a non-negotiable, whether it starts small, five minutes a day, maybe five minutes a day, you just go for a quick walk around the block. Maybe five minutes a day, you write down how you're feeling. Maybe five minutes a day, you call a friend that always puts you in a good mood, like doing things to make yourself feel your most powerful, authentic self start small and then build upon it. Yeah. Small, easy to achieve steps and just, and stick it on the calendar. Put it in, put it in your phone on your calendar, stick it on the calendar. If you use a paper calendar, but it's about creating the date to the action. That's super important. Yeah. It's not even about accomplishing the action. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because I think that, you know, especially for me who I work with, there are so many layers to being able to give that, that are barriers to give yourself what you need. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. It, so it's not even about achieving the thing. So if it's working, if if it's walking three times a week and you put it on the calendar three times and every time you go to walk, you hit this thing, right. Whether it's Mm -hmm. like anxiety, a fear, a paranoia, uh, you know, uh, whatever it is, then you've achieved your goal of becoming that much better because you have that much more awareness. Yes. Right. Yes. So it's not about always that achieving the goal. It's Mm -hmm. about creating the actionable step and the day and the time that you want to get it done so that you can continue to know more about yourself. So you can give yourself what you need. Right. I I love that so much. And and it reminds me of once again, going back to the wave, if anyone that's listening right now has ever jumped in the ocean, wherever you recognize very quickly how small we are as one being, right? Like you, and, and the waves are always changing just like life. It's sometimes, you know, whether you surf or not, sometimes you can get up and you catch a wave or sometimes you're swimming and it's really mellow and nice and Mm. salty and it picks you up. And then other times when you least expect it, a massive wave could come in and, you know, you get thrown around. And I think when we recognize that it's not about changing what's around us, because that's always going to potentially be triggering chaotic, what all the things that are out of our hands. But if we could learn little tools and strategies of how can I better love myself yeah. right now and right here so that I can show mm-hmm. up as myself, I, I want to start. I mean, I'm working on that with my daughter right now, who's five and she's be way, I mean, I'm like, she's probably 5,000, but she is, you know, today I felt a little stressed out for something earlier. And she goes, mommy, pineapple. And in our house, we have like our safe word is pineapple. So when anyone's feeling flustered or she's feeling like temper tantrumy, we say pineapple and everybody takes a big, deep couple breaths. And it usually ends up in about laughter. Right. And those are simple. Like I want to, I really want to do my best in the field I'm in to make it so so like a hundred percent. Yes. That we'll just do it. Right. Like I want families yes. to understand, like we don't need, doesn't, you don't need to spend a crazy amount of money for it. You don't need to change everything in your life. You don't need to stop eating these foods. Like you don't need to, it doesn't need to be like that. Just start with a couple little things and see how it feels and then start to work from there. Yeah. And go on that journey of just that, of, of self-care, that self-care, self-discovery, giving yourself what you need. That is just one of the most powerful things you could ever do for yourself. Jamie, I 
this conversation has gone by so fast. <laughs> I hope everybody gets your book. I'm going to add the link for the book um, in our show notes. Um, and it's again, waves of self-care. It takes a village, a guide to enhance well-being, one step at a time. You are such a gift to this world. You Thank really you. are. You and really so are. are you. And so are you listening right now. Remember that too. And everybody Thank here you. who's listening is, is a gift to this world. And the greatest hope that I think both of us share in is that whatever we can do to show more of ourselves to the world is our greatest gift. You know, we 100%. scurry around wanting to provide some sort of value to someone else. And we think it's the thing that's over here mm -hmm. outside of us, but really it's, it's us. Yeah. More of us. Right. Mm -hmm. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful that we had this conversation today. It's just so perfectly timed and just so beautiful. And I hope that everybody here who has listened to this podcast today also got all of these beautiful nuggets that Jamie has shared and that they consider getting this book. It's a, it's a quick read. It's a nice read. It's got, you know, graphs and it's just got checklists and all of the stuff in it. It's, it's really, really well done. Um, and just the fact that your daughter is on the cover with you and the fact that you're really including her in this whole journey is so powerful to me because that was something that in my big pivot point in my life, I went from, you know, chasing the corporate ladder and being at the top of the corporate ladder to saying, no, I want to do something that I can have my children with me. And they became part of the community and we grew a family together. And so I, I, we, we lived what it is, the benefits of what it is that you speak of. And so it's that that's why it's just so near and dear to my heart. Like I feel it in my heart, um, what you're sharing, because it really is true. It really, really is true. It saves lives. I'm not exaggerating. It saves lives to be in community with one another. It really 100%. does. 100%. Especially now more than ever, it's really important to be considering these things. So everybody who has taken the time to listen today, thank you so much. Please make sure that you leave us a comment. If this is the first time that you've come to the podcast, please make sure that you subscribe and you like and you write a review. And also sign up for my newsletter. I'm writing the link down on the bottom for you to come and join the community and receive my every once in a while, uh, very prophetic, uh, <laughs> sometimes not, sometimes awkward um, moments that I share in my newsletter. And um, so I want to thank everybody for being here. And until the next time, peace and love.